Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name is JL, I'm your host, and I am going to be taking you through a journey of conversations every single time we upload, ranging from all sorts of topics, as well as some reflections from myself. And I want to encourage you with all of this conversation, everything that comes up, to take it to your community group, whoever you're doing life with, and to have the bigger conversation about it. The aim of this podcast, obviously, is to take topics and things that would necessarily not have all the time in the world to be talked about and actually expand on it. But I'm sure the conversation goes beyond this. So thanks for tuning in. And feel free to get in touch with me if you have any questions, some stuff you want um, highlighted. I'd love to hear from you. And my hope and prayer with this podcast and this conversation is that you would follow Jesus in a deeper way and abide in him now and until forever. See where the journey takes us today. Mm-hmm. See where the conversation comes out. streets today. <laughs> <laughs> You don't hear that in the podcast <laughs> studio. <laughs> Sign more. Yeah. There. The streets of Perth. <laughs> I hope that goes through the microphone because I just. Uh... It's hilarious. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of. Um, Hmm? Welcome back to another episode of whatever this is. What? <laughs> whatever this is, yeah. We are out here at uh, Ven Subiaco. East Subiaco. No, East Vic Park. Bro. East Vic Park. Just a, I think we're just a bit out of Subiaco now. Just a bit out. <laughs> Quite two minutes out, really across the street, and that's Subiaco. <laughs> Stop leading people astray. There's <laughs> <laughs> some kids who don't know geography these days. Yeah, but most people are listening. They're not necessarily going to come to this cafe. Oh, I should check it out. Oh, unless we have a good recommendation for this cafe. So, <laughs> oh, here we go. Is it? Yep. Are you enjoying that? Um, this is the Ven. I'm having a honey and good bowl. Um, Nathan's trying to. Having the tropical to become one of these what is it, deconstructionists. What do you mean who become? Eats, who eats this has been happening for a while. You're just new to the bro. This is like indie stuff right here. Huh? You know the indie culture. Indie culture. Indie. What do you mean? Indian. Indie. You mean like hipsters and stuff? Yeah, hipster. Ah, oh, there you go. You're trying <laughs> to get me to become a hipster. I well, just got the flipping dreads and the <laughs> tied back already, so. Yeah, I usually get um. <laughs> remember that guy in Fremantle? Which guy? When we're doing the photo shoot, he comes out and he's like looking for drugs. <laughs> <laughs> because of my dreads. Yeah. You look like his dealer, that's probably why. Oh, his dreadlocks were disgusting. <laughs> oh, man. What's up, bro? I was oh. thinking maybe I'll buy you shampoo instead of drugs. Bad. Not that I do drugs. Yeah, but maybe. Give him shampoo and tell him that the only way Find to inhale and to take it in is to through your pores and your hair. <laughs> so yours is what ball? Hmm? Peanut butter ball or tropical like it's hot? Tropical. The tropic like it's hot. 
Oh my God. That's literally what it's called. Really? Huh. There you go. I just look You're at subconscious. I don't know how to read. Now. I just look at pictures. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional damage. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I feel pretty hipster. This has been around for a long time. Only a hipster would know that. Sorry? Only a hipster would know that. <laughs> no, this is not some deep cut situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's fact. <laughs> it's not like I've discovered some band that's like so indie that you have to like climb a tree and do smoke signal to find out about them. Okay. I want to find out somewhere how many people have had this. What do you call it? Hmm? What do you call this thing that we're having here? Well, it's about a. C A I. No, say the word. I think it's. How do you spell it again? See, I don't know how to. English. I call it an acacia ball. You call it an acacia ball. I call it an acai ball. See? Hipster word. Nobody knows it's that. It's not word. a hipster word. No, nobody knows that word. Hmm, it's even. It doesn't even. It's not even the pronunciation that you would have for that word. What do you mean? How do you know that? You're just making a blanket statement. Are you judging me? That's what a hipster would say. Totally what a hipster would say. Well, mine does actually have. So it started in Brazil, apparently. This um, this little hipster phenomenon. Uh huh. Apparently. You know, the internet's always right. Sorry? Huh? What did you say? I said the internet's always right, isn't it? That's right. Believe everything. <laughs> Doubt nothing that you read online. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway. So. Yeah. Um, trying to mount the curb. <laughs> nice to be out here in the streets. We're on holidays from work and um, a bit more slower paced life right now. Mm. Trying to. So what have we been thinking about lately? It's been on our minds. <clears throat> that we can share on the podcast. Hmm? That we can share on the podcast. <laughs> Just really change the name for two before you get cancelled. Or no, and maybe how long before? <laughs> how long before we do get cancelled? I don't really think we're that controversial. Sorry? I don't really think we're that controversial. No, I don't think we are. I don't think people really care, honestly. There's an audience of at least four people that listen to this. Oh, that's good. If we're really trying to get cancelled, we do something ridiculous. 
Yeah, together and it's like we're trying to get famous, we'd also do something ridiculous. Yeah, well, this the whole idea behind this wasn't to, it was just catching up, and then just happened to have a just mic a, in front of us. Just a couple of guys trying to, <laughs> trying to chat, trying to chat, yeah. trying to stick, trying to stick yeah, to the topic, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, other people just listening in. Yeah, so yeah, what have you been thinking about? What have I been thinking about? Yeah, that you can say. <laughs> that I can say? Yeah. Uh, Think about the future repercussions of everything you're going to say. Oh, it will really? come back to haunt you. <laughs> Let's not go down that rabbit hole. I'll think about that when I go to work. Oof, I think I probably <laughs> too much of a hint there. Um, Hmm. Oh, something that's actually been consuming my <coughs> thoughts recently. Mind. Okay, wow. <laughs> that's a great movie, but... <laughs> I said your beautiful mind. <laughs> um, so yesterday, you know how I was talking about... Um, the three different narratives. That's been kind of an interesting one. Three different narratives. What's yeah, different, well, different stories that we kind of put ourselves into. So you got the overarching gospel story, Genesis to Revelation, and God's plan and everything. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and then you got the um, cultural, secular nar narrative. Yeah. And all its different checkpoints and things that you have to take off and then the one thing that I'm more and more realizing even though it's kind of been there for a while is the cultural Christianity the, what? the cultural Christianity narrative I was talking to someone about it recently about how there's a next just like with society and with the gospel there's like an inbuilt expectation to different narratives when you step into them that this is where we're going this is how it should happen this is what should happen so like uh, if you step into a narrative you're going to be going in a specific direction no there's expectation about where you should be going where you should be going there's expectation so it's been interesting to kind of observe how that's becoming more prominent now it's it's more about us versus them rather than um, what's God actually say it's almost as if we've kind of built a culture in response to secular mindset to kind of be relevant and then have tried in our own strength to <clears throat> keep that going mm -hmm. then it just becomes another kingdom kingdom temples yeah another Babylonian temple to kind of build off and basically give me some examples of what that looks like well just like we were talking yesterday with um, Sonny the uh, young adult culture around it's the way you dress kind of music you listen to 
you're not cool if you don't discover this new place to eat or whatever. Like, there's that. If you don't eat an acacia ball. Yeah, if you don't eat an acai ball. If you don't know where all the cool cafes are. If you're not relevantly appropriate to an idea that we have or what you should be, mm -hmm. um, then you're either not part of a clique or you're automatically kind of disregarded because you don't look like us, you don't think like us, and you don't <coughs> raise your hands when you're supposed to, or you don't cry when you're supposed to. And you're not outraged when you should be. Um, and it's little things because we hold it under the blanket or banner of Christianity. Because no one's really had the opportunity to actually stop and think what it actually means to be an apprentice of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And not just the idea of following the Bible and the teachings and everything, but <clears throat> being an apprentice, like I was listening to John Mark Homer's podcast about apprenticeship to Jesus and stuff like that. And like the idea of imitation, like an apprenticeship to him was like day in, day out, 24 seven. Slept, ate, lived, breathed, everything together. Your idea was to become a carbon copy of him. So, but I think we've made it too much of head knowledge and we know about it, but we haven't understood the person, which is totally different. If you see how he personally reacted, interacted with different people, he knew when to not talk, he knew when to pause in conversation, he knew when to shut up, he knew when to get angry. His emotional regulation was a lot better than most Christians. Sorry. I think there's that element that's missing. Because we've built our empire, cultural Christianity thing, on head knowledge and not understanding the person. That flies a bit in the face of King King. Uh, flies a bit in the, in the face of trying to get somebody to think more individualistic about themselves. Like, so you said, um, you know, the apprenticeship, part of the idea is to become a carbon copy. Say again? So you said that part of apprenticeship is to become a carbon copy of the other person. Well, yeah, you lived with your rabbi day in, day out. That makes it about them, not about you. you know what I mean? like, well, part of it was. You can't be like, oh, I'm an individual. Yeah. You need to get it's a becoming process, yeah. And, well, the becoming process is not you becoming more like yourself, it's becoming like the rabbi. Hmm. That's what I'm saying, it's like the flies in the face of of be yourself, of so do what's autonomy. good for you. It's like yeah. you know what is a rabbi I think is good. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Yeah. So. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. So that's kind of been a bit of a kind of a I don't know a wake up call because you hear it said so many times in Christian circles about oh you've got to know the person of but that just becomes head knowledge but to examine it it's totally different. Yeah, a book I read a while ago calls it like yeah, trying to have the head knowledge of these beliefs of these values, mm -hmm. but functionally, really you're an atheist. Like Say again. Functionally, yeah. actually you're like an atheist. Yeah. Um, yeah so. You're still trying to be a good person, but ultimately, like with your level of dependence, like there's nowhere where you can actually pinpoint I'm trusting God in this, I'm trusting God for that. <coughs> I am willingly aligning myself with how the Bible, how Jesus says this is how to approach this situation. Um, even to the detriment of, like, I'm not going to use any other knowledge. I'm actually going to align myself this way, um, which means it's not going to look like what I would do it if I didn't necessarily think Jesus' way was the best way. So, can you explain that a bit more? For example, um, <coughs> I've got a friend who. The way that you handle your money mm. is obviously like every Christian does your tithe, right? But when I saw when I saw a financial advisor, what well, things a financial advisor was like, like they were saving, they were putting some away, like everything was careful. Yeah. Like, is there a way that I could save more? And the financial advisor was like, well, you need to stop. Tithing oh, really? and put that money in go and invest that. <laughs> but he's like, no, I don't, I don't like not tithing is not an option. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so it's just in that space, it's like um, instead of going the way of the world, which is accumulate as much wealth, as much money as you can, save it, try to make it bigger mm -hmm. so that you have more wealth coming back to you. Um, to the Christian, it's not to the detriment of actually tithing, doing your offering. Um, so in that sense, it wouldn't make sense for the world, but it, it just doesn't make sense for the world for you to do that. Yeah. Um, whereas as a Christian, um, yeah, that's not, it's not even you know, within the realm of thinking, like I, I don't tithe or I don't do offerings. That's not within the realm of, of my thinking. So that's one of the ways I think. Is what I'm saying. Like that's how it would cost. But that's one area. There's also the area of forgiveness. Where in the world, hold a grudge or cut people out. No reconciliation whatsoever. Mm. Jesus in Jesus's um, space in the kingdom, it's 
forgive. Um, you've been forgiven a lot, forgive. Mm. Wouldn't make sense if you run the way of the world because not only does God forgive, but He actually actively seeks reconciliation with those who used to be His enemies, which is hard. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I wonder what it is because the other thing you said is we we try to like there's a Christian culture worldly culture and then there's really the kingdom culture I wonder if we try to build our cultures in response to the, what's happening in the world but because we didn't necessarily trust God to yeah that's it. have you listened to the um this cultural moment podcast by um, John Mark. Yeah, a while ago. I think he, he coined, I don't know if it was him, but someone coined the term, um, what is it, post-Christian culture? A what? Post, post-modern Christian or post-Christian culture. It's the idea of re- in reaction to the traditions and all the stifling, stagnant nature of tradition, mm. post-Christian Christian culture is more the reaction to like, oh, okay, we'll put a bit of humanism in with our things, and just to kind of like try to separate ourselves from, because we're trying to fit into is it modernism. Is it to seem more attractive? Yeah, probably. I, w- I took some of the youth guys to a church that I will not mention. That long? I took some of the youth guys to a church a while back that was very good at having a um, production value. Just to expose them to something different. And uh, it was really distracting. And it was distracting. It was distra- I asked, what was the, what, what did you guys think? What did you get back? And I was like, yeah, like, there's a lot of distraction. And when the guy spoke, didn't feel anything, felt very surface level. And so it was an interesting, like, this is teenagers saying this. Partly, I guess we have the, been spoilt with having teachers in our church who are very, very learned and very <laughs> intellectual thinkers. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's that. Yeah, trying to be relevant, man. trying to. To a certain degree, it helps to use what, like, culture's moving this way and church is still going this way. It's good to kind of, what's the new, yeah, with using technology, using social media, using what's actually contemporary to kind of spread the so use the great. same tools, but don't spread the same message. Is that what yeah. you're trying to say? I kind of say that that's perfectly, yeah. Because mm. there's, uh, I mean, the attractional church model that's been pretty big for a while. I mean, I think it was Bill Hybels who uh, measured in on that, or at least in America. His, his church, Willow Creek, is known for being very much about the attraction model. Like, we're a church for the unchurched. Kind of okay, thing. yeah. Uh, his church, and Stanley's church as well. 
Yeah, he's very much like that. Like, he doesn't go super deep. Mm-hmm. Um, stays pretty surface level and try to, tries to um, make the, the gap in between the hesitation if you're an unbeliever and your yes to be as small as possible. Mm. Um, which I think is kind of like a sales pitch and sales tactic, I think, is that Sounds like it. you want to... Um, you want as much as possible shorten the gap in between a person's um, a person's apprehension mm. to the yes. So answer their questions, speak to their doubts, mm. reassure them. Um, yeah. So you know, one of the one of some of the people um, online who are just I don't know. I don't know if they're they're like the Christian referees. <laughs> referees. <laughs> they probably set themselves up as Christian referees oh, okay. of yeah. everyone's preaching. Um, but they've been pretty alarmed with Andy Stanley's lack of use of this is what, what the terminology. This is what the Bible says. Instead, at the moment, he's kind of saying, you know, Luke, who was a follower of Jesus. Here's some of the stuff that he wrote. It's like nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, he's intentionally trying to not say to not say the Bible says because oh, okay. he feels that like that doesn't get anywhere. Um, oh. uh, I see the merits, but I also see the downside of that. <laughs> yeah, um, gives it open to interpretation or uh, yeah, being twisted. So. But yeah, very. Um, there's been quite a massive. I mean, maybe now, in the past three, three years, four years, that's when probably seen more and more people kind of go. Um, I'm always reminded of that Hill song, Young and Free song. Um, all of my best friend are sick of pretending we want the truth. Um, so I think more and more people are kind of thinking, hey, I want genuine, honest, open, authentic relationship with mm. people. Mm. Um, not just like... Well, I think churches that set themselves up like this, that's what they go through. I mean, I mean people come in and they have pretty high, you know, they're pretty attractive, obviously, because that's what they're aiming for. It's pretty high yeah. intake. But we don't stay too long. Mm. Uh, so if you come in, the likelihood is that you'll start serving and then stay on the serving team. And so you have to have a way to find how you can grow outside of what is presented. Mm. Um, and it has to be pretty um, pretty consistent, you know, so that you're not also taking in some weird ideologies, theologies. Yeah, it can um, get quite muddy if you're constantly just trying to distract like in that sense of what you're talking about where it's about high intake and not really deep yeah. and you want them to get involved as soon as possible and yeah. it lends itself to quite a bit of rogue theology sometimes maybe or just, just misunderstanding incomplete, incomplete and yeah. misunderstanding as well yeah. 
because those gaps get filled up by some by <coughs> other stuff. Yeah. Um, and other things. Yeah, and then we have a yeah, and then you have people basically um, anchoring their everything on a system rather than a person. I've spoken to a friend about this, and it's like it's pretty surprising. Not so much surprising, but alarming to me. You can operate at a pretty high leadership level in a church setting um, and not have a fresh walk with Jesus. Fresh. Like a, pers- like a personal yep. devotion. Just like you think about, um, you know, which I think would speak to the checks and balances that we have in church, would speak to. The type of discipleship and accountability that we have, because um, the you know the amount of leaders that are in churches, um, and I guess this is where part of part of these two things marry is that if you're always just looking to be more attractional, mm. and you don't necessarily have depth to refer to as this is what at where we actually want to go. Yeah. Um, your definition of a successful kind of conversion to Christ is your output back in the church service. And so, you know, I mean, if you think about who is being talked about as the examples and the platforms, um, who is being um, you know, on, on people, on churches, social media, who they're saying, hey, this person, we love this person, and we love who they are, how, how they, how they impact our community, it's the person on the cafe, it's the person in kids' ministry, it's the worship teams, um, I mean, the pastor's there all the time, um, and so they're already giving out, but, that's you know, like you can go through those people real quick. Um, so if you're an attractional church site, like, let's the bar is this low, and by the way, here's how you know you've become a Christian and you're maturing is that you're serving. Mm. Whereas that's not necessarily like that's that's just a starting point. Yeah, um, it doesn't speak to your relationship with Jesus. Like from, if I'm in hospitality, for example, I'm part of the cafe team. I just have to rock up every Sunday mm. and be courteous, smile at people, um, do my job with a good attitude, mm. and I can go home and not talk to anybody about Jesus. Mm. People can ask me how's your family going, etc. I can also get away with not talking about Jesus in that setting. Um, Pretending I listen to the sermon, but it have no impact on the same thing in worship, um, mm. and go for months like that, and then disappear one day, just like, yeah. and go to another church, try the same thing. Maybe here I'll find it, um, and yet still not grow. And uh, if all I know and all I'm attracted to is an attractional church church model. I'll never necessarily experience real, meaningful relationship with Jesus. Yeah, see, like that would be the ideal job. 
Mm. And and when you think about the attractional model and the pathway to to depth and to maturity, mm. uh, even you look at Jesus when he would you know, he, he there would be a crowd that comes and when the call to take up the cross, go like this is just to lead you to here to the mm. deeper stuff. When that call came out, um, many would walk away. He'd be left back with whoever was with him, mm. and we're like, "I'm sticking." Oh, oh yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, there'd be only a few people that are left. Um, yeah, that's you know, sobering on Monday. So, it leads me to 